Hello and welcome back to the Fitness Fee podcast. Uh, I'm pretty excited to be introducing this new feature that we're going to be doing. And I say we because it's going to be me and Stu. Hi, Stu. How are you? Hello. Very good. Thank you. Very good. Um, very excited to be doing this. It's a it's a brilliant new little feature that will hopefully help a lot of people. Yeah, so we're going to be doing a monthly catch-up, round-up. Can't think of anything too catchy just yet to call it, but that's what we're going to be doing. <laughs> That'll come in time. It's a work in progress. It's all right. It's a work in progress. So obviously, um, we both have our, we're both coaches, online coaches. We both have our own business and we both work for James Smith as well for his academy. So therefore, we are involved in a lot of people's check-ins, how they're progressing. And we obviously come across a lot of um, issues that barriers, behaviors, habits um, that crop up all the time. So we're going to be talking each month about things that people want to talk about, what might have cropped up recently in our own check-ins with our own clients. And I'm sure that you guys out there can probably resonate with some of them, all of them, a few of them get some golden nuggets to help you. So, Stu, do you want to kick us off? Yeah. Yeah, actually, one of the one of the big questions I got asked, it was actually last week by someone in one of my programs, was what is one of the biggest barriers that generally hold people back? And I was actually a bit like, oh, it's a bit strange for a client to be asking me what's one of the biggest barriers that hold people back. But yeah, absolutely fine. And it, it turns out that he's also struggling with that barrier. And it's th this all or nothing style of thinking where it is literally like, I'm either dieting or I'm not. I'm either all in and I'm all out. And I know that from speaking with yourself, like we both experience this. This is a really common one. I think this potentially could be one of the biggest ones that I see on a regular basis. Yeah. of this all or nothing style of thinking. And I think that's an absolutely sensational place for us to start because that is, it's so interlinked across all areas of life as well. So usually all or nothing with dieting, you're either dieting or you're not. It could be all or nothing with something like relationship with food. It's like, I'm either healing my relationship with food or I'm just going completely off the wall. There's those, and it's about realizing that there's this little bit in the middle there's this gray space in between it's not black or white it's not this or that it, it, it's that bit in the middle but then you see this with, with people in like careers as well obviously when we're checking in with people we're asking oh you know how's work going um is there any stress coming in from that side and it's either absolute balls to the wall with work working ridiculous hours or oh, well, I'm I'm just taking it easy. It's these all or nothing approaches. And I know from, I suffer from this myself. I'm not sitting here on my, my ivory tower where I can see that actually I'm going to be all in on this particular thing and not really give myself any, any space to allow for that balance in my life. And I think that all or nothing approach is a big one. What do you think? Should we start on that one? Yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, Funny enough, I was literally just uh, chatting with one of my clients uh, about this, and it was very much the same. Where, uh, and it's an, a reoccurring thing that we've had um, together, and she knows this. But I think it's to do with the terminology that people talk to themselves, the way they tell themselves something. So, 
this client went out, made a choice to go out with friends at the weekend and to have alcohol. And then the mindset was in her check-in, but I'm back on plan now because it's Monday. And I'm like, okay, so you've made a choice to go and do something, but you're telling yourself you're off plan. And therefore, when it comes to Monday, you're back on plan. So I like, you know, it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? On plan, off plan. I mean, or like, you know, you go in like full full balls or you're not going at all. Um, and it goes across all, all of it, doesn't it? I think, like you say, you can, some people say, well, I'm a kind of all or nothing kind of person uh, in everything. Um, and I, I definitely think it's the terminology, the story that you tell yourself, it also has a big impact on how you behave yeah, 100%. And like what you've just said there, I'm either on plan or I'm off plan. I'm on track, I'm off track. I'm on the wagon, I'm yeah. off the wagon. And it's this whole, they don't, like, on the wagon, off the wagon, on plan, off. Like, you're not, you're just living your life. Yeah. The wagon doesn't exist. It's a myth. It's not a thing. Like, and the more that people tell themselves, like, I'm on the wagon or I'm back on the wagon or I've fallen off the wagon, it now seems like an effort to get back on. Mm. So, oh, I've fallen off. I need to get back on. How can I get back on? But that that's not the focus right now. Like you are living your life one decision at a time. And there's going to be points where that decision that you make doesn't align with your goals. And that might be on purpose. For example, if you're going out with the weekend with your friends. And actually, you're thinking, oh, it's a really special occasion or I haven't seen them in a while. What am I going to prioritise this weekend? What What is important for me this weekend? And it might be social connection. It might be having a great time. And if that is the case, then dieting or fat loss or health or whatever your fitness goal is might not be as much of a priority. That doesn't mean it's not a priority at all. You can just tone it down a little bit. Mm. So if you're going out for alcohol, for food, for drinks, Maybe you're not tracking. Maybe you're not going to track those things. But what you are still going to do is go, right, this choice in front of me, am I still trying to get some protein in maybe? Am I still trying to get some plants in? Am I still trying to tick some of these health-seeking behaviours? Like even alcohol, like, oh, I'm, I'm looking at cocktails. Oh, that one's got loads of sugar syrup in. It's got loads of ice cream on the top. It's got loads of this, loads of that actually that one probably doesn't align with my goals as well so i am going to compromise and get a skinny cocktail there's like a skinny margarita or something like that which means i can still enjoy the alcohol but i'm also not going absolutely wild and it's this sort of you're not on or off you're just making a decision that maybe doesn't yeah. align with your goals as well and then the next decision you make you're in control of so you can then say, well, actually, those past decisions from yesterday didn't align with my goal as well. So I'm just going to make sure that the next ones that I, I do choose, the next decisions that I make, do align with my goal slightly better. It's just you living your life. And there's points yeah. where your priorities do change. But the more that you keep telling yourself that you're on or off, and let's be honest, the language that we use comes from our thoughts. So the way that we think impacts the way that we feel so like you, you can see this massively because you you can literally think something and then out the back of that you're like oh i feel a bit sad about that 
just because of the way that you've thought, it triggers the way that we feel. Mm. And then the way that we feel then determines the choices that we make. Because if we're sad, we may lean more into something like emotional eating, drinking more, using a self self soothing mechanism. Whereas if we're happy, we don't tend to do those. So the way that we think literally impacts the way that we feel. And the way that we feel impacts the choices that we make. So if the language we're using then impacts the way that we feel. For example, I'm off the wagon. How do you feel? Mm, like a failure because I fell off the wagon. So then then out the back of that, what you do? Oh, well, I feel like a failure. So I feel a bit shit. So I might as well just go balls to the wall. Yeah. It encourages this sort of idea of let's press the, 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 fuck the fucking yeah, button. The let's press yeah, it. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Let's yeah. just tap it because you already feel that way simply by the way that you're thinking. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I do think, like, I totally agree with everything that you said there. Um, it is like, it's just realising, like you say, this is just like, we're all on one path and one one journey, one life, what, whatever you want to call it. And there are going to be bumps and blips along the way. And it's not going to be smooth sailing. And it's probably not even going to go the way that you ever thought it was going to go. But that doesn't mean that it's, like, bad, or, you know, you're never going to reach your goals. It just means that you have to find a way that you can do it in a sustainable, realistic way without coming into this. Because then obviously this on plan, off plan, all or nothing. That's, this is when you fall into the yo-yo dieting phase, isn't it? Where yeah. you, you're going like all in, doing everything as strict as you possibly can. And, you know, you put your or, or you put your life on hold while you try to achieve your goal. And then once you get there, you're like, okay, well, I've done that. I can stop doing that now, and I can just go back to the way I was living. And that's when you, you know, you're like on, off, yeah. all, nothing, yo-yo. It's all the same thing. It's all interlinked, isn't it? Yeah, and I think something that you said there as well. Often you see where people do go in that sort of like rigid, strict mentality, and they achieve the goal, but the the whole point of having a goal and working towards a goal don't get us wrong achieving it is great i'm not denying that but it's who you've got to become along the way to achieve the goal yeah, yeah. so when you are trying to drop body fat the person you have to become to drop body fat and then be able to maintain it at the end is someone who knows how to navigate social occasions they know when they're going to make decisions that align with the goals and the values and when they're going to make decisions that maybe don't quite align with the goals. They know how to ease off on themselves a little bit when things aren't going quite to plan. They know how hard to push and where they can push and where they need to pull back. They've got all these abilities to like self-regulate, but you only learn those by going through the bumps and the blips and the it's the failures that teach you everything that you need to know in order to be able to continue on the journey. And the only problem is as soon as people go stupidly restrictive, the opportunity for those things to happen is massively reduced because you're no longer going on social occasions. Yeah. If you live like a monk for six weeks, then of course you're going to get results and follow a strict meal plan and exercise multiple times a day. Mm. And of course you're going to get results but they're not maintainable because you haven't had to face any actual like challenges along the way. No, well, you've, you've not really learned anything. You've got all the challenges from you? your life. 
you, you haven't really learned anything or all you've no. learned or all you've taught yourself is that you can follow a plan to a T and you can accomplish that but you haven't learned how to navigate life which is always going to throw you curve curveballs which are you know I totally oh, say this at least, at least when you when you're least expecting it and you think you've got all your ducks in the line and then like you know they just get blown out of the water so it's better to like you say not do it in a strict way to do it realistically and accept that there are going to be you know, they're going to be birthdays, they're going to be parties, they're going to be date nights, they're going to be weekends away, there's going to be Christmas, there's going to be weddings, you know, you can keep on naming the, like, the occasions, and you're going to have to navigate around those at some point, in whatever way you feel best, and yeah, like you say, there will be times when you want to go out and enjoy the whole day it could be your wedding day you don't want to be counting calories on your wedding day and thinking about making compromises but there might be a night out with the girls where you think okay I do want to make compromises because I don't want to waste my whole weekend and tomorrow I get up feeling like I'm hanging out my ass and I want to eat everything in sight so that, you know you do have to judge each event uh, on its individuality don't you but it is oh, yeah, like 100%. it's having that consistency rather than the all or nothing yeah and i think what you said there as well on the individual it's down to the person like i'm not going to be the one to tell you when you should compromise when you should sacrifice and all these that's not that that's for you to decide with what aligns with your values and where you are in your life at the time but the aim is for us to help you have the tools to be able to make those decisions Mm. because the, the reality is there's going to be points where you are going to need to say, like, actually, I can't do everything that I was doing. I can't act the way that I was acting. I can't eat the way that I was eating because that got you to where you start, where you needed to start from. That got you to where you were and you don't want to be there anymore. You've made the decision that you want to move away from that and make a change. So you can't continue to do the same things. Something does need to change. Mm. But that something needing to change doesn't need to be zero to 100 and trying to radically change your lifestyle overnight it needs to be these small little changes that means that you can be consistent but you're also not all or nothing because that zero to 100 fits in you've gone zero to 100 you're in all mode you're on the wagon i'm absolutely nailing everything i'm going to do cardio three times a week i'm going to hit four gym sessions i'm going to go and do hill sprints at four o'clock in the morning I'm going to eat chicken and veg six times a day and I'm not going to do anything else. I'm not going to eat anything else. No chocolate is going to pass my lips. I'm going to sack alcohol off. People, they go from the zero to 100 mode and none of those things are needed to actually achieve fat loss anyway, by the way. But they do these zero to 100. They're in that all mode. The wheels fall off. They fall off the wagon. They fall off track, whatever. They're back in the, they've pressed the fucky button and they're right back at the start. And it's just that same repetitive cycle. It's, when something comes in like the curveball, that's the 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 inflection point almost mm. that then causes the fuck it and they end up right back at the start. And then they just keep repeating until that next inflection point. Yeah. And that inflection point's usually a social occasion. Mm-hmm. It's usually um, like you said, a curveball, something a little bit difficult in life to handle. Maybe something is getting super stressful. Maybe there is a lot of emotional stuff going on at the moment at home. And those are the times where being able to turn it all down a little bit but still tick off the basics is what's going to help you be consistent over the long term. Yeah, definitely. Um, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump onto a um 
another topic that um, has come up for, for me recently um, with a couple of my clients. And I know it is something um, that my, having myself as well suffered through. And this is um, mindset and how to uh, navigate through illness and or injury. Um, which I know, obviously, I'm in the UK, um, which there is like loads and loads of colds, coughs, oh. flu, COVID going around again. And it's like, it seems to be every second person at the moment is suffering with something. And a question that we normally get asked is, what should I do? Shall I exercise? Shall I keep pushing through? I don't know if I can. So is this something that you come up against as well? Yeah, yeah. I, and again, like you said, I've done it myself. Do you know what I mean? I've I've been the, the, the person that's been like, oh, I can just battle through it. And obviously that was some years ago. And it's it's sort of looking back on it now. It's like, oh wow, that was literally that was literally ridiculous to be training in some of the states that I did training or tried. Bear in mind, I say train as if that I was training effectively because I wasn't because I was ill. But it's being able to take that step back and say, like, actually, what what's the best for me right now? And I, I think it sort of fits in quite well with what we were just saying, like easing off on workouts so that you can recover your health isn't going to impact your results over the long run but it is going to let you show up better in a week's time when you're feeling a bit healthier again mm. same with injuries trying to train through injuries um i think it's it's the same are you risking something more long-term happening yeah do you know what i mean what is what is the the payoff versus the risk of these potential scenarios of like if you're ill what's the what's genuinely the benefit of your training in that moment like is is there any and if there is name me 10 because i bet you can't yeah, yeah there's the the actual benefits of training in that moment when you're ill and you're feeling under the weather and you're a bit especially when it's quite bad you know as, as we've said there's a lot of stuff like covid there's a lot of people with flu and they're like oh i'm struggling to get out of bed should i get a workout in absolutely not no like you take that step back what are the actual benefits of me doing this now very very few what are the actual uh sorry what are the like the risks of me doing this i'm probably gonna injure myself i'm gonna probably push myself like down further in what are the benefits of me taking some rest what are the benefits of me doing that oh well actually i'll probably get better a, a bit quicker i'll probably feel better i won't get injured I won't run myself into the ground. I won't make my illness worse. I won't put additional stress on my body that's already stressed. Just yeah. It's that little, like, the sort of weighing it up. And it's always going to weigh in favour of just taking a session off. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people we... struggle with the guilt thing, though, don't they? It's like they feel guilty for, like, taking time off because they're ill. And I, I know, like, especially as, like, I suppose mums as well you i mean there are like certain things that you do still have to do even if you're not feeling 100 percent um so i think like just listening to your body and that, that's really hard to do and i think a lot of people struggle with that um of knowing when's the right time to actually stop and rest and let your body recover like you say and, and when to like 
be at that point where you're like, okay, well, I do feel all right. I, you know, how am I going to feel if I'm working out? Is it, like you say, is it going to be a benefit to me or is it going to hinder my recovery? Which if you ask somebody, I mean, like you cannot help being ill or injured. I mean, how many people do you know that go out of their way to injure or like, yeah. you know, get them, get yeah, ill? Like I mean, yeah. okay, like that, I'm sure <laughs> that's touching on probably a subject, but most people don't go out of their way to like cause themselves an injury so that they no. can't do the things that they enjoy and want to do like training Uh, and the same with illness you can't help being ill um so it's something that is like way out of your control so the best thing you can do is look at what you can control so obviously if you're injured you know can is there is there some kind of exercise or rehab that you can do to help you recover or you know so say if you've i don't know you've injured your leg or your foot can you do upper body workouts uh, you know or could you do swimming that would might be beneficial to you um rather than just focusing solely on the negative mindset of well i'm injured now i can't do that so i can't possibly do anything i might as well not even bother like being conscious of what i'm eating because it's not worth it so i think it's very easy to fall into that trap quite quickly yeah. um and you know I, i've been through quite a lot myself different injuries and you know uh diagnosis of breast cancer and surgeries and stuff so i have been through a lot and i know it's hard when you feel like everything is against you but you really do have to make a conscious effort to say okay i can't control all that but what can i control and it just makes you feel better knowing that you have got a control over something yeah and like what you said there you know when we focus on everything that we can't do it's massively disempowering so it makes us feel worse because Mm. we're naturally focusing on the negatives we're focusing on things that it isn't possible for us to do that are outside of our control focusing on the things that we can still do it gives us a, a a path of action yeah it gives us like right so i've now got i've still got a bit of a purpose I've still got a bit of something to aim for. I've still got, right, so I'm injured or I'm ill. What can I do? Well, I can still prioritise protein because that's maybe that's probably going to help me feel a little bit better, right? I can still prioritise staying hydrated. I can prioritise rest. You know, can I get some decent night's sleep where I can obviously feel this isn't affecting it? What is the, like, if you're, if you're feeling a bit, uh, but you're still able to go out for a walk, could you still get out for a little bit of fresh air? Not smashing 10,000, 15, 20,000 yeah, steps, yeah. but just getting outside, not even for a target of number of steps, but just getting a little bit of fresh air. Would that actually help? Because for some people, it absolutely would. Obviously, it completely depends on the illness. Um, And like what you were saying there with the injury, can you do some rehab work? Can you do some, like, for example, if you've injured your shoulder, could you be doing some mobility work on your lower half? Could you be working on lower body mobility, ankle mobility? Could you? What can you be doing? And if there's nothing that you can do from a physical perspective, can you learn? Can you watch videos on technique? Mm. Can you listen to podcasts, audio books? Can yeah. you go on YouTube and find some really good quality fitness content that you can engage in, learn about some things that are going to help you from a slightly different perspective? Mm. Because even something like that, you know, intellectual health is a part of health. So upskilling yourself and being like, oh, actually, I'm going to watch some videos and learn about this or I'm going to read this book because this is something someone recommended. 
doing some of those things can massively impact your ability to get results over the long run because that book or that video or that podcast might literally just give you that click. Yeah. It goes, ah, that now makes loads more sense. So it's now much easier to do over the long run. And something you mentioned there about guilt um, around body, I think in that point, it's really important to check in with yourself. What would the future version of me thank me for? What's the version of me tomorrow going to thank me for doing today? Is that training or is that resting so that tomorrow I feel a little bit better? And then switch that. And if this was someone I loved, a really close friend, a really close relative, um, a loved one, a family member, whoever, and they were in the exact same situation as I am right now, what would I say to them? What advice would I give them? And I can guarantee that the advice that you give the other person is completely different to the advice that you give yourself. Yeah, yeah. And it's just because we're so usually in like in clouded in our own emotions, in our own thoughts, that inner critic is like chattering yeah. away, like, oh, you know, you, you need to get that gym session in, or this is gonna happen, or that's gonna happen. And that sort of that guilt comes in a lot. And like what you mentioned, you know, I think zooming out and looking at health is yeah. a big picture here. And saying what's actually going to be beneficial for my long term and overall health, mm. and we only get one body. Yeah, well, I think as well that the like the zooming out. You have to remember with any illness and and um, injury, most of the time, it's it's a set period uh, of your life, and let you know. Obviously, there are some illnesses which are prolonged, but for most people, um. Illness and injury is something that will happen for a period of time and it will get better. Um, you, you know, your cold will go away, you'll feel better in a couple of weeks or, you know, your injury re- recover. Yes, it might. I mean, injuries, I mean, they can take a long time to recover, but it, you're not going to be in that state, hopefully, for the rest of your life. It's a period of time and hopefully you're going to be working towards recovering that injury through rehab or something else. So trying to think about that it is just a period of time that you are presently in and that doesn't necessarily mean that moment is going to be that moment for you for the rest of your life yeah no absolutely um being able to zoom out a little bit and see the bigger picture of like even if you were ill for four weeks like there's 52 weeks in the year there's there's still another 48 weeks there and like yeah let's let's even say like you're ill for a total of 12 weeks across the year there's still 40 weeks to make progress mm. do you know what i mean yeah and those 12 even if those 12 weeks were in a, in a solid block there's still 40 weeks afterwards to to make progress we're not in a in a rush and you can just ask yourself what what would be possible if i was able to give myself just a little bit more time these goals that we set, we create these false deadlines yeah. of like, oh, I, I need to lose X amount of weight by this time. Why? Mm. What's so special about that? And then when as soon as you challenge that deadline, this self-imposed stress that we put ourselves under, all of a sudden taking a week out to look after ourselves, look after our health, now doesn't seem as bad. Because the only reason we were so bothered was because we're not going to reach that goal. Yeah. But we set that goal in the first place anyway, so we can always adjust it if we need to, because these curveballs, exactly like what we said, are going to come in. Mm, yeah, definitely. 
Right. Did you have another question? That was uh, that was one from one of my clients. Yeah, I think this is something that I know comes up a lot. Um, I know we've discussed it previously as well, and it is just this scale weight. This it's coming up more and more and more, and it's we need to just just to the people that are listening to this, just remember that the scales measure body weight, not body fat. They measure body weight. And weight is made up of a lot of different things, not just body fat. So they will change. They will go up. You know, and it, I think no matter how many times we drill this in, there's still going to be those little little things that, oh, I don't really like stepping on the scales. I've seen them go up. That's made me feel a certain way. And you need to keep checking in with yourself and challenging your own thoughts around the scales because you can have all the knowledge in the world that a, a, pound, a, a pound of body fat is roughly 3,500 calories or one kilo, 7,700. So you would need to consume, if that scale has gone up by a kilo, you would have needed to have consumed 7,700 calories over your maintenance. So if, for example, you're in a 300-calorie deficit, and you're currently at 1,700 calories, and your maintenance will then be 2,000, in order to have gained a kilo, you would need to have eaten 7,700 calories over 2,000 calories. So you're talking 10,000 calories, and the chances are you haven't ate that many calories because that is a ridiculous amount of calories. Yeah. So taking that little perspective and being like, right, okay, this probably can't be body fat. And this is, again, people see those scales move, automatically assume body fat and automatically assume body fat is bad. And body fat isn't inherently bad. We need it for survival for a start. We need it to actually be healthy. There's the extremes of really low body fat is unhealthy because our bodies don't function properly. And large amounts of body fat for a long period of time is also unhealthy because it increases our risk of things like metabolic disease. But then the window in the middle, if you're in the middle there, is body fat really bad? It's probably doing a lot of things for your health as well. So people step on the scales, see that and go, oh my God, that's body fat, that's bad. But for some people, that won't even be bad. That's just natural fluctuations of body fat. Your bodies are supposed to change. They're going to change with everything that's going on in your day-to-day life. So then throw in some stuff like salt, carbs, water, how much you've drank, stuff like going to the toilet, if there's any fluctuations in hormones being going on, what's sleep being like, has that been affected, is stress being higher, um, it yeah, does the day end in a why. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, there's so many reasons why. And it's usually because we've got a belief tied to that number of what that number means to us. So just just before you step on or do some journaling, you know, our previous podcast was about journaling. What story am I telling myself about the scales? Mm. What am I making them mean to me? Yeah. And then when you can start to unpick that, you can sort of start to get in a bit of direction of what to do next. But so many people step on the scales, see the number go up, associate that with body fat gain, or they completely forget that the goal is actually fat loss and mm. not weight loss. 
and then they're like, oh, well, I haven't lost any weight, so I'm failing. Yeah. I think it is well, it's as well, you know. look different. Sorry. Go on, sorry, Fiona. Uh, I was just going to say that people get very um, disheartened when, like, and it's obviously based around the scales and the numbers that they see, when they only, when they say, well, I've only lost 300 grams this week or I've only lost 500 or a pound, 500, you know, 500 grams, half a kilo, or I've only lost a pound of weight. This, you know, it's not, it's not much. It's not enough or it's not what I was expecting. Um, yeah. And I think it is that it's the whole reliant on the numbers that you see is reflected in everything in your life. Um, and it becomes the only way that you measure your progress. Um but it's so much more than that. It's, I mean, it's even so much more than like your photos and like a, a tape measure, isn't it? I mean, there are so oh, many okay. other factors that people don't even consider as like the fact that they're progressing because they just simply focus on, well, the scales aren't moving or they're not moving as quick as I, I want them to or in as much bigger numbers as I want to. And therefore that means that I am not making progress. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's something that, you know, we come across like literally every single day every, in, in yeah. JSA, every single day. Um, every, every day in on Instagram, on social medias, on you see people, especially people who are involved in things like slimming clubs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, the scales haven't moved this week. It's been a failure. Has it? Like yeah. you say, what what are the other measures we can look at here? The subjective stuff. How do you feel? What's your energy levels like? What's your concentration at work being like? You know, how fit do you feel? What magic moments have you been able to gather this week as a direct result of you making the changes that you have so far? Yeah. And when... Oh, well, actually... I was out and I, I was playing football with my kids and I haven't done that in weeks. I haven't done that in months. Amazing. Well done. You've just massively impacted your own life because you've been able to, able to have some quality bonding time with your child and you've massively impacted their life because they've got to spend some quality time with you. Yeah. Sorry, what, what, what's, what's the... Like, it's this... We just, again, it's zoom out. Look at the bigger picture. There's more than just that one single number that shows up and like you said that the the thing is is i've got a client this is a great example i've got a client scale weight hasn't changed measurements have not changed visual photos have changed enormously so even the measurements which is another piece of data haven't reflected what's actually going on and then also none of that's the best bit because i, I don't care about i don't really use photos that often yeah that doesn't really interest me. So she feels better. She's got more energy. She's able to go and do dance classes and lessons with full energy. She feels good in herself. Mm. She's The mindset around food has completely changed. She doesn't restrict foods. She enjoys foods that she loves in an amount that means that she can still make progress. All of those things aren't anything to do with numbers. But yeah. they're all really, really important things when it comes to life. Do you know what I mean? I think we're so focused on 
body image on diet culture uh, from diet culture of looking a certain way mm. that we completely forget that you're actually supposed to enjoy your life. Do you know what I mean? Like you're supposed to be out there having fun and having experiences and, and making memories and doing amazing things. And if the number on the scales is stopping you from doing that, then maybe that's maybe it's time to do a little bit of reflection on whether they should, we should continue stepping on them. Yeah, yeah. Or whether that's yeah. actually taken away from yeah. your life. I like to ask the question, and somebody says to me um, that they feel that they need to be like a certain number, and especially for people that don't have a lot of weight to lose, and they might not yeah. be maybe, um, you know, carrying a lot of body fat, so therefore it's not really impacting on their health, but they're like, well, you know, I'd like to lose about 10 kilos so that I feel more comfortable in my clothes, um, or not even as much as that. It could be, like, a less than that. And I like to ask the question, imagine if you didn't have access to a set of scales. Imagine if you had no physical way whatsoever of weighing yourself what would you then use to gauge how you're progressing? So, like, could you think about, okay, how do my are my clothes feeling more comfortable? Uh, like you say, all those things you just said about, can I do other things that I couldn't do before? Um, am I in a better mood? Do I have more energy? You know, are my stress levels lower? Um, is my sleep better? You know, it, does my skin look and feel better? Um, you know, it's all about... Com- you know, are you feeling more confident in yourself? Do you feel like your relationship with food is better? All those things, you need to look at those. If you can, if you didn't have access to the scales, then you're no longer able to fixate how you think or how you think you should be weighing a number. Like, you know, yeah. if, if your friends look at you, are they going to say, well, I'm not going to be your friend, actually, because you don't weigh 180 pounds and I think you should because they're not going to know how much you weigh unless you actually physically go and say to them oh well I weigh four pounds more today than I did yesterday they're not going to like say to you well I don't want to be your friend anymore because you're you're a bit heavier today than you were yesterday and I and I get that it you know it's how you feel but use that feeling of how you feel rather than basing that feeling from a number that's that's in front of you yeah break away from that and decide how you actually feel independent of the numbers that you see yeah um that that's that's a that's a big one and like you said there you get oh i just need to lose these extra this extra two kilos and Mm. i'll be happy two two kilos is nothing it's a it's literally nothing like Mm. you will not feel the difference in those two kilos you like two kilos is nothing Mm. so would it not be much better to just not diet any further there and actually go to building strength or improving performance or but the the only reason why you want those two kilos is because a certain number means something to you and we we literally were talking about this like oh i want to be 180 pounds because that's when i was at my happiest right okay so tell me the last time that you were there oh it was on my wedding day Right, so was it actually the one eighty pounds, or was it the fact it was your wedding day? It, oh, actually, it might have just been the fact it was my wedding day. So that number is now no longer as important as it was. Yeah. So then, is it possible for you for you to feel as good 
maybe Wednesday is a bad example because I don't know if people feel as good as they did on the Wednesday. Big event, <laughs> that, isn't it? But, you know what I mean? Um, how no how is it possible to feel nearly as good as you did on your Wednesday? Yeah, yeah. In that way, is that? Um, yeah, probably it is. Yeah, so do we really need to pursue that number unnecessarily? Or can we just work on being all around healthy and look at some yeah. of the other aspects of health as yeah. opposed to slaving ourselves over dieting for the sake of two kilos? I think there was something somebody said the other day, day, actually, um, was that they'd actually reached their goal weight. They'd had a, like a number in mind and they'd actually reached it. And she, and she said, I was really disappointed because it was like it, there was – there was nothing she said it didn't feel any different she said yeah and I don't think she had a very big like scale like a goal it wasn't a massive number but she'd obviously gotten to it over a, a longer period of time and she was like well I got there and I was like well is this it <laughs> you know it's like it's almost like you build yourself up so much to achieve this goal and you set yourselves well I you know this is the number that and it's like it's this all or nothing of like, I need to achieve this. Um, but when, if you actually get there and it's like, well, this is when you can then fall into the trap. Well, I've got there and I don't really feel that much different. So I'm going to like push it a little bit further. and Maybe I'll go for another, or maybe I'll feel better if I push it for another five, five kilo loss. Let's go for that. And then you, then you get into the thing of like, where where does where is it actually ever going to end, and is there going to be an endpoint of where you're actually going to be like, okay, maybe I do need to move away from the scale weight, and I need to focus more on how I feel and living my life. I mean, I, I another thing that I think is like you say about not having goals, and I think is like what point do you get to when you decide that you just want to be happy with maintaining? Because some people like spend their whole life feeling like they have to be on a diet and if they're not on a diet they're thinking that they should be on a diet and that is the only thing that they think of they never get to that point of like actually I don't need to diet I am quite happy with the way that I am and I just want to learn how to maintain this level of happiness and not be in this constant cycle of I'm on a diet I'm off a diet yeah and and something you said there you know this uh, like anti-climatic effect Stephen Bartlett talked about this when he was like 18 I think he wrote I think he was 18 at the time he wrote in his journal and this is why his book is called Happy Sexy Millionaire he wrote down some goals and it was I want to be happy I want to be sexier I want a girlfriend or something like that and I want to be a millionaire and he sold his company um I want to say eight or nine figures it was an enormous sale, like it was huge. Yeah, I think and, didn't James talk about this with him, didn't he? Because he said yeah, the same he when did. he got his his um million million and it was, blue tick or something, wasn't it? The the no, it was a million followers. Was it? Yeah. They got it. And it was just like, is this it? Yeah. I've fought tooth and nail. I've done all of this to get this. And it's exactly what we said before. It's because it's not the goal. It's who you've got to become along the way mm. to get the goal. It's the struggle that you have to go through. It's the challenges that you've got to overcome that give you all of that sense of confidence, of self-worth, of self-belief. It's not the number. It's not the the scales telling you that you want to drink pounds that gives you that. Mm. It's the fact 
that you've had to deal with setbacks. You've had to keep going, even though it did get a little bit tough. You made decisions that aligned with your goals and you were proud of them and you kept showing up. You built consistency. You built resilience. You built some of these harder traits over the period of time. Mm. And that's what got you to where you were. The goals just... uh, it's just something that's like, oh, that's a nice to have. And like Stephen said, he in on his he sold his company. And he said it was probably one of the lowest days he'd felt. Mm. Because it was nothing. We create this idea of what this thing's gonna be when we get there. And when it doesn't live up to those expectations, we get met with like friction where reality doesn't meet our own expectations. Yeah, yeah. That gap between reality and expectations, that friction, that's where the stress happens. That's where you feel a bit disheartened. That's where you feel a little bit like, oh, that felt a bit shit. And this this really ties in amazingly with the last thing that I was going to talk about, and that is managing your expectations. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because I think we can, especially what you were saying earlier about the scales and I've only lost, I've only lost a pound. You've, you've still lost a pound. Progress is progress, whether it's by an inch or a mile. And we're not using that as a sole metric anyway. So we can just be wary about that. But what what are your expectations of this process right now? And are they reasonable mm. expectations? I think it's the, because... the, ex- the expectations that we put on ourselves with anything. Because, I mean, the same can be said that you find a lot of people say that about things that they might achieve in the gym and it's kind of like um it's the, it's the thing when somebody gives you a compliment as well isn't it it's like you have to come back with a negative so if somebody goes into the gym and goes well i deadlifted 50k but it's not as good as the man next to me or it's probably not as good as most other people um and the same with when somebody says Oh, you look, you look. Have you lost weight? Uh, and you're kind of like, well, yeah, but I've, uh, I've got so much more, more to lose yet, you know. So it's that kind of like you limit yourself on what you're able to achieve as well, aren't you? Because you, because of those expectations that you put on yourself, um, I, I think it can make your journey a lot harder, and you're actually doing that to yourself. Yeah, I, I, there's. there's... I'm sure there's bound to be some sort of intricate mindset belief around something to do with not being able to fully celebrate your own wins and as a society. I think we do that a bit. I think British are particularly bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, you know, it's that sort of like we don't want to be a bit rude by actually being like, hey, I did really well there. Yeah. We do this thing where we like downplay everything as if it's almost more polite to do yeah. that. I think we are quite bad at doing that. And then when you see other cultures, they're like, oh, my God, look what I just did and the dead celebratory about it. And and it's just that sort of like cultural divide as well. So you can even sort of incorporate that. But what you said there about, like, if you've got to win, celebrate it, mm-hmm. write it down, keep a note of it, write it down in notes on your phone, make a massive list so you can review them on those days where maybe you don't feel so great. Like you said, they're like managing your expectations in both senses of like if you put expectations too low on yourself, you won't actually achieve anything because you'll just say, well, I've got that now, that's me done. You won't push for that extra little bit. But then also at the same time, when you set your expectations so high 
that you then overwhelm yourself and you couldn't have ever achieved them anyway, then you end up pressing the fucking button again because you haven't been able to achieve them and you feel like a failure. So it's about really sitting yourself down and saying, right, what is actually realistic for me? And this applies to things like the amount of workouts that you do. Right, well, I'm going to do five workouts this week. Is that realistic for you? How many can you actually do? Mm. Oh, well, actually, I've got this on this week and I need to take the kids there and I've got that and I've got a dentist. So I can probably only manage three. So are you actually ever going to get five? No. So if you when you don't get five, which you were never going to get anywhere, you're going to beat yourself up because you didn't get five, which you weren't going to get. Mm. And it's just like taking that of like, oh, actually, yeah, that, that was a completely unreasonable expectation of myself to be able to do five workouts on this particular week. Mm. Next week, where maybe you don't have a dentist appointment and you don't have to take the kids there and do this and do that, you might be able to do five. But like right now, prime example for me, like just moved to New Zealand, literally trying to sort everything out, apartments, banks, phones, still trying to run a business, still trying to do all the bits and bobs and still have a little bit of time to myself as well. And it's like, right, can I train five days a week? No, that's not going to happen. Like I don't physically have the time to be able to do that. Mm. If I say to myself, I'm going to train five days a week, I'm just going to beat myself up when I don't. Yeah. So I've managed my expectations and I'm only training three times a week. I did three times last week. I'll do three times this week. I'll do three times the next week. Then I'll reassess, right? Where am I at? Do I have a bit more time available now? Am I in a bit more of a routine? Am I able to work a little bit more productively because I don't have 60 million things to think about? Right, yeah, great. Let's push it up to four. Let's see how we get on. Right, yeah, great. Banged four in. Awesome. Right, can I do five? Or is maybe five a bit much? Let's try it. Oh, no, it didn't work out too well. Back down to four. Trial and error. But managing those expectations. If you just set yourself at the absolute upper echelons all the time, when you don't reach there, you're going to feel shit. And out the back of that, it's going to be like, oh, well, I don't feel great. So I, I can't get five, so I won't do any. Yeah. And it's that feeds back into that all or nothing mindset again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you, yeah, expectations, yeah. Then, like you say, it's just, like, looking at what you can do. That You know, there's no, there's nothing wrong with, like, wanting to achieve, like, four or five workouts. But that's something that you can build up to. Um, it doesn't have to happen like straight away. There's no, I mean, if you're you've got going from like doing no workouts to wanting to do five workouts, I mean, you're you like you say, you're probably just setting yourself up for failure straight away and just making it so much harder than it needs to be. Yeah, yeah, right. I think I had one one last question which um came from one of my clients was um was that she was asking how does she keep going when she's not well this is kind of like what we've been talking about a little bit um when she's not actually seeing changes on the scales um and doesn't want to keep lowering the calories um is there alternatives yeah, so the first thing that I would say is how long have you actually been consistent for? Yeah. So I, I think it's really easy to not see progress in a week and be like, it's not working, let's change something. Mm. And I think uh, I had a, a client who was a male client 
and was it was it four fourteen fourteen kilos, thirteen or fourteen kilos? He lost across the time. There was never a time where he missed a social occasion. He went on multiple holidays. He did various bits and bobs. He was a shift worker. He never felt deprived. I never changed his calories once. 14 kilos. We never touched his calories. We never adjusted them. Mm. And it's this idea of people, and you see this a lot as well. I haven't lost any weight this week. Should I cut my calories? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the ideal situation is to diet for as long as possible on as high calories as possible mm. because that's what's going to fuel your training sessions. That's what's yeah. going to allow you some more flexibility around social occasions. It is the consistency, isn't it? And I think it's coming away from this mindset of, well, I've put all this effort in this week and it's not reflected in any progress. And I mean, like we've just obviously talked about that, spoke about this. It's not reflected in the scales um, or I'm not physically seeing it. You might not physically see changes like every week. I mean, like I've had clients with me and they have made changes and they don't think that they have meant because that's not the picture they've got in their head. But if you say to them, like, hang on a minute, I'm just going to like scroll back like six months. I'm going to show you what you look like six months ago. And yeah, the, the changes might not be massively dramatic, but there are changes and they're like, oh, my God, I didn't see that because they've got a picture of their of in their heads of what they look like six months ago. And probably when they look in the mirror, they probably see that picture of themselves six months ago. They don't actually see what me and you might see or somebody yeah, else yeah. because it does take so long for your, your brain to kind of catch up with the changes. And because it's not, it's not displayed to you in a, in a physical way or in data in the way that you think you should be seeing it, then your automatic reaction is that I've got to change something. So that means yeah. whether that means like cutting calories or, or or doing like more workouts, if it's like it's that chopping and changing and not being consistent that brings the biggest setbacks, I think, for people. And they just don't see that what works for the people that have works for them is the fact that they stuck to the same thing generally for the longest period of time. And that doesn't mean yeah. like four weeks, even 12 no. weeks. It's like, it's, I mean, it's like, I mean, if you leave, even if you look at my own transformation, I mean, it's not massive, but it's years, like years, not months, not weeks. It's years. And I mean, yeah. like, you yeah. know, two, four years plus. And people seem to forget that. Yeah, no. And like something that you said there as well, you know, and I think it ties in really nicely with also the managing expectations. I think we get a lot of our expectations from social media. Mm. So we see these dramatic changes in photos of like such and such lost. I saw one the other day, four stone in 12 weeks, four wow. stone something in 12 weeks. And it's like that is over five pound a week. Wow. And there's no way that that's maintainable at the other end. And again, what, what's happened in that photo is the, the person that was on one side was unhappy with how they were feeling. The person that's after the transformation is still unhappy with how they're feeling because they feel horrific because they've dieted so hard and had to do so much cardio 
and had to do so much outside and sacrifice so much, they're still miserable. Mm. I know that because that was me. I did that. I lost 12, 12 kilos in 10 weeks wow. to get lean. And I was more miserable. I was more depressed. I had a worse relationship with food. I nearly ruined my own personal relationship with my girlfriend to achieve a six-pack. The transformation photo looked great. Of course it did. Yeah, yeah. Because I'd lost all the body fat. But how I actually felt in that photo when compared to what I was happier in the before photo than I was in the after. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what people don't, they, they don't see that though, do they? Of, no, that's uh, this is the problem. You see a snapshot. And also, when you see these transformations of these people that are putting them on, you only see the best ones. Mm. No one's sharing the transformation that nothing happened. Mm. No one shares that. A lot of people try to diet and aren't successful, maybe because they use the wrong strategy, the, the wrong strategy or they're not consistent enough. So you don't see those transformation photos because people don't share them because people only share the good ones on, on social media, the good, quote-unquote, on social media. They only show the dramatic ones yeah. because that's what sells. Yeah, yeah. So they use a body transformation as a way to sell to you. So the more dramatic the transformation in 12 weeks, the more body fat that person has lost, mm. the chances are not to jump to any conclusions here the chances are that the more they've lost the more restriction they had to go through which usually means the more that they had to cut out of their life which on the other end of that would probably also mean they've had to sacrifice a lot of things that maybe they didn't want to or weren't too keen to which then means that their actual happiness their energy levels like what you've got to remember is some of these photos where you see people that are super lean or they've dropped a lot of body fat their, their health is actually impacted in a negative yeah. way from that. So that the, these photos don't show health. They don't show um, wellness of how someone feels. They don't show someone's stress levels. They don't show how someone's sleeping. All these things that we talked about earlier, sex drive. I didn't have a sex drive when, the, when I was in those photos. It was impossible because I dieted so hard for so long. Well, not even for so long, just 10 weeks, but that was enough to completely annihilate it. There wasn't any left. Yeah. And that's the reality of what you don't see in these photos. You don't see the fact that on a Saturday night I was having blackout binges. You don't see the 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 fact that every single waking minute of the day I was completely engulfed by the thoughts of food. Mm. You don't see those. So the the problem is that we set our expectations off those photos, or a lot of people do, and they feel that, oh, well, such and such has made a huge change, or that that's a big change in that photo. Why why am I not getting results like that? Yeah, yeah. Because for you to get results like that, you would have to take on every part of their life. Mm. So when it comes to exactly what we're talking about with your client here, of, like, should I cut my calories? Well, do you want how do you want to feel at the end of it? Because what happens is you do a week, you don't see no progress, you compare your week to their week, and their week look like hell and restriction, but your week's actually been all right. You've got to have some food that you still like, you've had a social occasion, you've been out for a couple of nice walks, you've spent some time with the family, all that kind of good stuff. And you're like, Oh well, I, I don't 
I haven't seen a bigger transformation as that. Bear in mind, this other person lives a completely different life to you anyway. So then you cut your calories. So now you are getting a little bit restricted. And then you can't maintain that level of restriction. That's now too restrictive. You can't be consistent. You then end up overeating, usually on a weekend. And then you feel like shit. So you're like, oh, I'll start again on Monday. Mm. And you start again on Monday. But now the only problem is that those higher calories, well, they still weren't working. So I'm going to have to go lower again. Yeah, yeah. So then you go lower again. And then all of a sudden, you're down at 1,200, you're down at 1,000, you're down at 800 calories, which just results in you overeating massively, a completely yeah. damaged relationship with food. But then also it's completely unsustainable and now you just you're your dieting. Yeah. So it can sometimes feel like I need to speed this up, I need to do more. Mm. But it's what's the repercussions on the other side of that. Yeah. Whereas in reality, you probably just need to do another two or three weeks. I think people as well forget that they, you know, if they come to like the likes of you or me and they're, they're coming to you for or us for a reason and it's because everything they've tried before has not got them the results they want. So, you know, at some point you, you, you're kind of like, okay, well, what, what have you done in the past that has worked for you? Has it got you results and have you sustained it? If the answer is no, then you're going to have to try something different. So if before going super low calories, which like you say, will end up you being in that overeating situation and whether you choose to acknowledge that or not uh, and be truthful to yourself or your coach or, or whoever is a different matter. But that will be the reason why that you're not getting the results that you want because you're not being consistent because trying to go lower doesn't work. Uh, it might work for a period of time, but like you say, there's going to be some point where the wheels are going to come off because it, it, it just is not sustainable. So if that hasn't worked in the past, then you need to do it in a different way. And I think trying to get people into the mindset of like doing it differently, doing it in a, a longer sustainable way is the better way. And if you don't do it for any, do it for your health reasons, for anything more than anything else, because if you haven't got that, you you haven't got a lot really and i think it's until you reach that point where or if like hopefully you don't ever reach that point where your health is affected um and you don't have that anymore then you realize when you think well i could have done something about that and it you know i was in good health and i should have done it to maintain good health rather than being so focused on i need to lose weight i need to eat as less calories as i possibly can to again it's kind of like it's all like encompassing isn't it to reach that number on the scales yeah. otherwise you're going to end up in that yo-yo all or nothing mindset um and it's all like it all it all interlinks all these things that everybody has the issues with they're all kind of like interlinked aren't they yeah it's just like one big spider's web mm. where all they're all connected somehow and there's all these little strands that move between and like what you what you said there as well taking the focus away from trying to forcibly change your body mm. because don't get me wrong if you have excess body fat that is potentially going to cause you health complications losing body fat will improve your health but doing eight thousand seven to eight thousand steps every single day will ma massively improve your health independent of weight loss yeah fat loss mm. eating enough protein each day will improve your health independent of fat loss staying mm -hmm. hydrated 
will improve your health, independent of fat loss. Improving your sleep will improve your health, independent of fat loss. These health-seeking behaviours that we promote, we didn't just make them up. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're there yeah, yeah. because each one of them, eating enough plants, five portions of plants a day, reduces the risk of, of colon cancer. It, it, it impacts your long-term health. Mm. Eating two portions of oily fish per week, it impacts your long-term health because you're reducing your risk of cardiovascular disease. All of these little health-seeking habits that we encourage improve your long-term health independent of fat loss. So when you engage in them, it just so happens that if you engage in them and you're also being a little bit sensible about the choices that you make at, at some of the like meals and stuff like that, you lose fat as a byproduct of that. Yeah. So you're massively improving your health. Then you're dropping body fat, not forcibly, not trying to punish yourself into change or shame yourself into change, but just by living a healthier lifestyle, a health-seeking lifestyle. And then that happens as a byproduct, which also improves your health. And you get all the benefits of that as well. Mm. Do you know what I mean? These, these things that we say to people to do are like, they are massively beneficial for your health over the yeah. long run. Like you are literally adding years onto your life. Mm. Years. This is the this is the reason to engage in some of these as well. And I think when you can take the focus away from body a little bit, and it's like, would it not be better to have an extra two, three years on the planet? to be able to, in good health as well, yeah. fit, able, you know, like, going to the gym, resistance training, improves <laughs> improves health, independent of fat loss. Yeah, yeah. Build a muscle, yeah. especially for females, you know, like, all of these things reduce the chance of falls because you've got more muscles, so you're steadier on your feet, and one of the top killers of females is um, hip breaks, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's all uh, about osteoporosis, isn't it? Bone density, osteoporosis causing no. bone degeneration yeah. and then falling over and breaking a hip. Yeah, and then within twelve months, I think. Yeah, deterioration. Some of sort health. of correlated data there, and it's it's like all of these things we're saying are for long term health, and it just so happens that all of these things also help you drop body fat. Mm. So if you're able to zone out a little bit, zoom out a little bit, sorry, and go like, right, actually, I'm in this for a little bit of the longer game here. I'm trying to do these so that I can add loads of years onto my life. I will drop body fat along the way. It takes the pressure off a little bit. So now you're not trying to drop 10 pounds in a week. Yeah. Because all of these other behaviors that you're doing that are process-based goals of like, can I hit my protein today? Can I hit my water today? Can I hit my plants today? Can I try and get seven to nine hours sleep? Can I get outside for a walk? If you're ticking all these off every day for six months, and you're also in a calorie deficit, obviously the key bit for fat loss, and you're in a calorie deficit, you will make progress. Mm. But you're improving your health dramatically along the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that focus can be all, that focus shift of like, I'm doing this for a slightly different reason can be just enough to take the pressure off. Yeah. But it's like, actually, it doesn't really matter what the scales say as much week by week because I'm improving my health. Mm, yeah definitely right well i'm gonna end that there Stu, because uh, yeah, i know it's getting absolutely. late for you you're um 12 hours ahead yeah. yes 12 hours ahead so it's later later in the evening for you um ten, so ten, yeah thank ten, you um very yeah much no thank you for having me coming on for um our first monthly catch up i need to think of we need to think of a uh catchy 
title for yeah, it. Yeah, something, something, <laughs> some sort of catchy name or something yeah. that we can put on front. Yeah, um, no, I'll, um, I'll try and come up with some. We, we can have a think. We can brainstorm. We can. We will. Uh, and we will be back next month then, which will be yeah. November then. Goodness gracious November. me. Um, yeah. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Awesome. And I hope... No, um, thanks very much for having us. Yeah, and, everybody uh, got some tidbits. Yeah, hope everyone benefited. Cool, awesome. All right, I awesome. shall um, I shall catch up with you soon, Stu. Thank yeah. you. See you soon. See ya. Peace out. <laughs>